Hello, everybody. Welcome to How We Work. I'm your host, Dr. Misha Ann Martin. And today I am joined by one of my favorite people, the man, (laughs) the legend, one of our speakers here at Work Human Live, Mr. (laughs) Cam Ward. Cam, welcome back to the show. Hey, listen, thank you for the invite. And I'm, must I say, thank you, Michelle, for all the opportunities you've given me at Work Human thus far. I really appreciate it. You are I'll, so sweet. Always lead with gratitude. Listen. That's the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so Cam here is a founder of Black Men in Tech. Yes. And Work Human and Black Men in Tech, we have this research partnership where we dug deep into how Black men are experiencing work. And how that started is at Work Human, we've been doing research on the experiences of different people in the workplace. And when we started to look at intersectionality, we found that Black and Hispanic men are actually having a different experience than Black and Hispanic women. So me and Cam here, along with Dr. Danielle King, Mm -hmm. Dr. Isha Vicaria, almost Dr. Julian, (laughs) (laughs) Julian Wright. We came together to do this whole research project that included surveys and interviews and stories. And we just came out of the session where we presented that data. Cam, are you feeling as good as I'm feeling about it? I have so much energy about it. We was in there an hour after our session ended, still talking to people that were eager about learning about our research. And these people were non-Black people, which made it really cool because that means everyone was felt like they can be a part and saw themselves in the research and the action moving forward. And I think that's what we wanted to capture. You know what? We are not even that long out of this session, and you are not the first person who said that to me. Boom. Somebody Remember, <laughs> I was late for the last podcast that we recorded in yep. here because somebody stopped me in the hallway and I was like, no, this is too important. <laughs> Shabonga have to wait. Love you, girl, but you're going to have to wait. Right. And the woman said to me, you know, I was determined. She was a black woman. She yeah. said, I was determined to attend this session. And I just knew it was just going to be us in there. Yep. That's what she yep. said. And she yep. said, and then I got there and I looked around and I said, all these white people. Yeah. <laughs> and you gave them stuff to do. Yeah. I said, mm-hmm. And she said, and I think that they're going to tell other people. Yep. So I am also so energized and excited by how many people showed up, who showed up, the fact that so many people wanted to talk to you, the man can. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what's important about that, too, is another thing that we can highlight and discuss is that in this conversation, we gave them tangible things that they can do. Yes. We didn't sit there and just talk about all the negative and the bad, which is definitely should be highlighted. At the same time, we said, now here's the steps. Yeah. And, and most of my conversation post-conversation post, uh, post was about, now what can I do? That's right. What more can I do? So I think those tangible items that they can take away was like a hit. Yeah. So for our listeners, we can recap some of that real quick. Yeah. So focus on psychological safety yes. so that people feel comfortable bringing themselves to work and so that we have less emotional trauma. We talked about incorporating financial wellness into your wellness strategy because what we found is that for this sample, 
the typical paycheck supports so many people beyond the nuclear family. And so when you're doing financial counseling, you know, incorporate community and not just individual. We talked about mentorship. You do not have to be black to mentor a black person or a black man. You do not have to be black to mentor a black person or a black man. We talked about talent assessment and making talent and accomplishments visible for different types of people. So a social feed from a recognition program really helps with that. Yep. All right. So that was your that was your quick and dirty <laughs> recap. But listen, we gonna talk about this research till the cows come home. Right. So this is not the last time right, right. people have the opportunity to hear about what we found and what we're recommending. So I do want to give you space, though, to talk about your amazing organization, Black Men in Tech. Yeah. So can you tell your listeners about Black Men in Tech? You had founded it already when we talked last year. So tell us about your organization, what it is, what it stands for, and how you have evolved in the past year since we last spoke to you. Yeah, so this is perfect. So Black Men in Tech is a full nonprofit that focuses on making tech accessible and inclusive for the Black men through providing technology for the next generation of tech leaders. So we focus on convening individuals. That means we every year we do a conference and we do meetups and we do Tech Connects. And Tech Connects is the opportunity for our partners and organizations to work with us to get tech to get new people hired or transitioning people, take them to that next level. We just did one in Birmingham, uh, which shipped a week, uh, not even a week ago, a few days ago. And it was so beautiful, so great. The whole company showed up and then we had an awesome time. Ten people applied to jobs at that company. We had two interns. So it was absolutely amazing. Forty individuals from around the country came together to Birmingham to have an experience like none other. We also connect people to jobs. To date, 155 people have been sourced and hired through our organization in the past two and a half years. And then the last piece is our care component. Our care component focuses on making sure the next generation of tech leaders have the necessary tools to be successful. What that look like? K through 12 students have a technology in their classroom so they can compete on the world stage. We also provide an opportunity for our collegiate students to be able to have book stipends to do well. Last year when we talked, we was budding about maybe 7,000 people in our community. I'm proud to share today we have over 11,000 people. Ooh, and that is not just in the U.S. either. Not in 27 countries. So, Jeez. so, and that, and that's an amazing feat because two years ago we had eight individuals that was having a conversation, and the organicness and the need has been thus far is showed in the space. And I'm also last thing I'll share is that we've opened in partnership with a few nonprofits in South Florida, a tech lab at Florida Memorial University, where we're optimizing resumes, LinkedIn, and we're also doing a cohort of students for boot camp starting this summer. So we're busy, you know, but it's all good stuff for the community. Yeah. Every time I look at Instagram, (laughs) y'all doing something different. (laughs) I love Black Men in Tech so much and and you're doing so much and you just said a lot about who Black Men in Tech is as an organization and what you all are doing. But one thing I I didn't hear you mention was that conference that you do. So I'm going to talk about it because I went to your conference last year because that's where we started the research and the interviews, right? And, you know, I arrived at the conference. I thought all was well in my life. (laughs) And I didn't realize how much my soul needed that. You know what I'm saying? So I step in and there's a marching band. And I went to an HBCU, Historically Black Colleges and Universities. 
for our listeners. And I didn't realize like how much I had been existing in white spaces. And so I step into this conference with all this blackness and I was like, (laughs) I just kind of exhaled. So I think, you know, you can't underestimate the importance of the community that you're creating for people. You know, when most of our lives, we are existing in spaces that were not built and made for us. And you've created this amazing safe space. So thank you. I got so excited. Cam, that I made a mistake. I forgot to ask you to introduce yourself. <laughs> Dagnam it. So, Cam, would you please tell our listeners, who are you, yes. the human? Who yes. is Cam? So, I'm Cam Moore, founder and CEO of Black Men in Tech. I'm also a diversity leader in the tech space, helping individuals solve some of the toughest problems, home-based in Fort Lauderdale, but really tapping into being a CEO this year as a part of our Black Men in Tech and really focusing on the necessary needs of our community. I don't have the luxury of doing one thing, but I have the obligation to do everything for our community so that we can too thrive in in, in an interconnected and diverse world. So I'm really excited to share with you. And Michan, you know, we <laughs> we roll till the wheels fall off. So, yes, you we know, do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always good to hang out with you and just talk what we always talk about. Thank you so much. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about DEI efforts and how DEI positions are disproportionately impacted in these layoffs. Every time you talk, you know, Cam, you say something that sticks with me. So I want to hear your take on where companies are falling short in their DEI efforts. I think, uh, and this is my opinion alone, opinion alone, right? So it's not full science, but I think companies are falling short because they're not connecting diversity to the overall strategy of the company. Diversity should be embedded in everything they do and not just another thing. But you also should allow individuals to create a diversity journey by providing guardrails and letting people color within the lines. People are more likely to, you know, be a part of or invest or really move to the next level if they feel like they had a hand in the planning. I think most often diversity leaders and diversity people come up with a plan because they just smear the space and tell people what to do. And usually in product and engineering, maybe that'll work. But with diversity, you're dealing with the hearts and minds of individuals. You have to bring them along the journey. So it's easier to cut whole departments around diversity when you don't understand it or know how to implement it. But if we took the time to really put a strategy in place that was inclusive Mm-hmm. of the individuals that you want to utilize the strategy, then their way it create more buy-in and more people will be more likely to implement these things and implement it with so much energy, so much, you know, so much zeal because they know they took, had a hand in it. I think that is such a good point. You know, I often say, oh, so you created this diversity strategy that was supposed to be for me, but you never asked there we go. me. Yep. Like, yep. So true. Where they do that at? Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. Never <laughs> right. stop it. Right. <laughs> stop right. it. Exactly. I'm also personally passionate about people analytics role in that space, right? Because I think so often organizations want to do something just to be saying that they're doing something because they know they should be doing something, but they're not targeting what really ails them. And so people analytics has a role in figuring out, okay, what ails your organization? Is it attraction, recruiting, experience, 
career mobility, all for what is it, right? right? And so I think People Analytics has a space in letting organizations know what their opportunities are, bringing to light the experiences of groups of people that are sometimes invisible to the organization, and then on the back end, holding ourselves accountable to say, to to do what we say that we wanted to do, right? So right. did we hit it? Agreed. And and to your point, I think it, the perfect model is in the way that we present it today. You know, what we presented, you know, data points and then provided the uh, the qualitative story behind it. And I think it's both, right? Yeah. So some people will get it and they'll say, you know what, I just want to see the hard numbers. And here's the numbers. Here's the progression model. Here's the da-da-da. And you're good. All right. Some people need to hear the story. Some people need to hear a mixture of two. And that's why I think that we were successful today, not only in our talk, but in presenting the data at any point, because we provide both lenses. And you're right, data shows you what you need to work on first. Another misstep that I think just happened is everyone's trying to solve everything with one person. You can only focus on one thing at a time with one person, if you want to do it well, if you want to go deep, you know, if you want to just stay service and try to do ERGs, you know, look at the look at the diversity report. Okay, then now you're going to do something that then you're going to worry about ESG report and all this other stuff. One person can't do that That's and right. be successful. So you have to set someone up for success. So one of the things that I say all the time as it relates to people analytics is that the mean hides a multitude of sins, mm-hmm. right? So to contextualize that to this conversation, let's say you have an inclusion index in your survey your company is 80% white. And then you look at the results of the inclusion index and you're like, oh, it's high. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so the white people think you're <laughs> inclusive. That's great. So obviously we need to be looking at, you know, different personas in the workplace, but they're visible identities and there are, you know, things about an individual that make a person different that you wouldn't know unless they told you. Yep. So for example, you know, when I presented yesterday on well-being, a lady came up to me and she said, thank you for that angle on financial well-being because people see how much I make, but what they don't see is that I am financially responsible Mm. for my disabled brother. So do you have any advice around how we can make sure that we're capturing and addressing the needs of different types of people in the workplace, whether we can see their particular element of diversity or not? So I would say immediately, you think about a whole person, right? It's like if, you, if you're cooking, you got to have all the ingredients in order to make the meal. So for example, I'll give you a perfect example. We decided that we were going to do a cohort of students and fund their boot camp this summer. Great. Wonderful, right? You think you got all the pieces. Then you think about, okay, you want them to finish the boot camp. Okay, great. How can they commit to the boot camp when they have hourly wage jobs and they have to go to work? Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're solving for a person now. So what I would say immediately when you think about, you know, how you're going to help someone, you got to think about all the facets that go into individuals. Individuals are very complex people. That's right. They have many different layers. Now, you can't, now I won't put the burden on you to think of everything, but please consider a few things. Okay, I want you to finish this boot camp. I'm going to pay for it. Okay, you have an hourly job. How are you going to finish it? Oh, shoot. Now I got to supplement your, your, your hourly wage because now you're going to miss work or whatever to commit to this, right? If we didn't think through all those things, we'll be like, we paid for it. They should just do it. But when we get the data that said they didn't finish it, we ask why. Oh, okay. 
because you had to go to work, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I said, consider all the ingredients of an individual as much as you can without, you know, saying, oh, okay, you know everything. And then what you do is you learn from the rest, but you have to be a steward and a community partner and have what we talked about earlier, that pedagogy moments where you're okay with learning. Yes. The problem is people don't want to learn all the time. They want to think they know it all and they have the savior complex. That's going to allow them to feel good because I did this. Mm-hmm. But if you, I did it and only did it halfway, or if you, I did it and did do it a full way, you're only hurting the community even more. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to go in there with the learning, learner mentality and be able and be, and be pleasantly surprised and also ready to activate when someone brings an angle that you hadn't, hadn't necessarily thought about or discussed. Yeah. So I think that there are, you know, two parts of this. There's who a person is. And then the other part is what they're going through. Yes. I think the organization is uniquely equipped to kind of design for who a person is because you can slice and dice the data by different things that are visible, you know, or, or that people declare in order to see, okay, what are the special needs of this community? But then the part, what people are going through, that's relationship, right? And you get to that through conversation, through willing to be uncomfortable and hear uncomfortable things and being willing to do for the person. Totally agree. Totally agree. Spot on. So a lot of the things we talked about today in our session were things that people didn't know about how Black people are experiencing work. So for our listeners, do you want to just share some of the things that you wish in general were known about how we, Black people, or even Black men in general, right, or specifically, experience work. Yeah, I want people to know in general automatically is that Black men are not to be feared. Thank you. Full stop. I'm going to say it again so someone else can take. Black men should not be feared in the workplace. There's so much negative connotation around a Black man. And I was just telling someone outside that, I can't change who I am when I walk into a space and I can't change what people perceived of me. But if you let your perception keep us from having an authentic conversation and relationship, then that's where the issue lies, right? Second thing I would want you to know is that we're not all the same people. I met some, <laughs> I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago, NFT. Now I have no clue what NFT <laughs> is for real. You know, but I'm going to learn. But you were there. Okay. I'm going to learn. And what I found, though, is that there were black men that came to the table, in my bias, that I automatically thought was coming over because it said black men in tech behind the thing. They actually came and asked me what a Web 310 was. And I was like, so you don't care about what I'm... And I was like, no, we'll be back. We got to go find Web 3. So what I'm saying is, even though we are black men, we are still very different people. So treat us as such. Right? The last thing I want individuals to know is that your willingness to try is your ability to ask the question, how can I help? I'll say it again. Your willingness to try is your ability to, a lot of times people go, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, so I don't. Personally, I think that's a cop-out. And that's the worst thing you can do. Right. I think that's a cop-out. Your willingness to try meaning you may be a bit uncomfortable. It may be an awkward question, but you have to be willing to do. Willing to do is to put yourself out there and and commit to the change you want to see in your community by being an example. It's wild because 
at times, when the system is created for you, and we talked about this earlier, it don't matter my position or how high my title is and what accolades come out there. If the system is not designed for me, then I have to come to you who de- the system is designed to get permission to be who I am. Yeah. So there are a couple of things there that I just want to, you know, expand on and ask our audience and challenge our audience to do. So if you're working, you know, a black person in the workplace and you're about to call themselves, I'll call them aggressive or dangerous. Ask yourself. That's a really triggering word. Ask yourself. There are so many triggering right? words. I struggled with articulate. Right. Uh, all the time. All the time. What does that mean? You know. Can I walk in two at the same time? Listen. Like, it's, what is, it's hard because I really do have a gift with words. And right. so I had to learn to be like, okay, so that word is triggering, triggering for me. Yeah. But there is a compliment in that word. It's hard. You know what I mean? It's it hard. is hard. It's very like, hard. Like someone came up to me today and said, hey, Cam, I love the way you, you know, narrated the story. Your diction was clear. I heard you from the back of the room. And I was like, I just had to full stop and just look at that individual. I was like, I'm going to have like just a compliment, but I don't know if it is. Right? Did you say that? No. What I said was, Here's me. What I said was, oh, thank you. And walked away. Right? Because in that moment, another man that looked just like you comes to tell you that you spoke well. As opposed to what? I know. And see, I know a lot of our listeners are like, wait a minute, but that's a compliment. So let me be specific (laughs) about why it's triggering. It's because implicit in that statement is an expectation that we're not. Thank you. And so it is, it feels to us like an expression of surprise. And we feel like if we spoke similarly as a white person, it wouldn't be something so of note because it wouldn't be surprising. And so that's why that particular thing is triggering. So I'm glad you broke it down like that for the people that was listening that didn't get it. What's going on right now in this moment as we share, right? (laughs) Yeah, because some people really struggle with understanding that, you know? So I had to find a compliment in that for me because I do know that words are my strength. Now, listeners, what I want you to hear is there's no compliment in aggressive or dangerous, okay? So there's no compliment in that, and that's another trigger. And so when you find yourself thinking that, I want you to challenge yourself around why you're thinking of that about that individual. I'm going to go a little further. Think about some of the stereotypical words you used to describe mm. certain people, like spicy for Latina. Like, just maybe don't do it. Okay? Why would you call like somebody just, spicy? Weird. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and yet it happens. Yeah. The second thing is about, you know, what you can do. And we talked about this a lot in our session and we talked about mentorship, yes. right? And in the interviews at the Black Men in Tech conference, we spoke to a lot of people who said a white person made a difference in my life because they believed in me. They advocated for me. They volunteered to be my mentor. So those are some things that you can do to make a difference in the lives of those around you. So I'm going to end our conversation where we started, right? We started we talking leaving? about... You, you don't want to talk to me? <laughs> Cam, I will talk to yes, you all like, day. Okay, okay cool. but this, sorry, sorry. But this, sorry, this podcast is limited, <laughs> right? right? Sorry, so, <laughs> but you can always come back, is what I'm yep. saying. For okay. those 
listeners, too, who are not watching the video, Cam is wearing a lovely sweatshirt that says Black men belong in tech. Cam, so many people have asked me yeah. how they can get that swag. So please tell the people. So it's on our website. It's a Shopify link out. And it has all the cool stuff that we Tell have. Tell them the website. website. So our website is, that's great. I appreciate that because <laughs> I, I would have missed it, right? <laughs> so www.blkmenintech.com. All right. Our website is super fly. It's got stuff moving on it, talking buttons that work. <laughs> uh, so no, it's a really awesome opportunity. Also, you can follow us on all our social. It's at B-L-K-M-E-N-I-N-T-E-C-H. And we would love to add you as a follower. Also, finally, last thing, I didn't talk about it before. Thrive is back. Our, our annual conference, October 19th through the 22nd in Fort Lauderdale Beach, Florida. Michelle's going to be there. We're going to pull Mike there. Camera guy back there is coming. All right, no, it's, all, it's a one come, one all. Last year, we had an amazing time. We had amazing speakers and a really cool opportunity to connect one to another. It was really, really fantastic. I mean, I went there to do the interviews. I had work on the brain. I didn't expect that y'all would have had me in the front row yeah. doing <laughs> swag surfing. Oh my God, I was swag surfing, <laughs> looking outside myself like, who are you? And Nuts. why is this so much fun right yeah. now? Is it going to be in the same place? Yep, same place. The same hotel? Same hotel. And because people wanted to come back. Like our, re- our research yeah. and our data said, our data points, you will love this. 100% of the people said it was coming back, bringing someone else, and they wanted to stay at this hotel again. So a super important thing about this hotel, and I know you're not going to yeah. expect me to say this, they have Pelotons in the room. Did you know that? <laughs> yep. I'm a Pelotoner. I yeah. got on the Peloton because I didn't know when I got there. Yeah. So I got on the Peloton in my in my Toms. Yeah. <laughs> and I knocked it out. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Nice. And so you're on the Peloton, and in front of me— what you see? Is the beach. Yeah, what you see. Like, that hotel yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. Amazing. So, yeah. y'all did a good job with the conference, Thank the location, you. Thank you. the speakers. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Okay, so can we close out now? Yeah, is we that, can close. Okay, <laughs> so let's end where we started. Perfect. We started out by talking about, you know, organizations falling short on DEI efforts. So, I want you to give some advice to our listeners, what are some steps they can take immediately in this after they listen to this episode if they work for an organization like that to help that organization turn things around? I would say immediately find your ally and find an influence in a company. Our titles don't make you influencers. People in your heart do when people follow you. So find them and have a real conversation about their diversity journey and take steps to improve it if you need to improve it or to stabilize it or to move it forward. You do that by have, by looking at your employee engagement survey, taking a look at that. Michelle ain't going to love this. I'm talking data. <laughs> and, and see where the pain points are for your employees and how can we be, make better use of that energy and that time and what's the action around that first. Your employee engagement survey will tell you your North Star. So start right there. I know every time someone talks about diversity, Talk about ERGs, talk about making strategy, talk about blah, blah, blah. The low-hanging fruit and the most easiest thing to attack first is your employee engagement survey, making sure all the people that are there, hearts and minds, are connected to the value and the brand of the company. I would also say for individual allies, be brave. Oh, yeah. 
as people of color, we're tired of being the people always speaking up, right? About yes. stuff. And so if you speak up for us, right? Let, let me behalf, sit in this background. Right? Let, let me stop fighting yeah. for just a minute, right? right. Like for I a agree. minute, you you fight for me. Yeah. Or if I say something to Lovey Ajay Jones' point, back me up in the room. Don't, not after. Not after. <laughs> not Don't, not after. I, you can keep your micro, what you call it? Micro recognition yeah. or micro appreciation. Ain't yeah. nobody want no micro yeah. appreciations, right? <laughs> right? So stand up for us and stand with us yes. in the room. So that is my challenge to you today as listeners. Thank you for joining us Thank on you. How We Work. And Cam, always the man, hey, listen, always a pleasure. You. Thank you. Thank you.